it was Easter 2004. And I went out and party with some buddies and I woke up Easter morning. I don't think that was a coincidence, but I felt God saying, dude, you're going down a path that's going to end your life real quick. And so in that moment, I gave my life to Christ, quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment. And I called that girl up and I said, hey, thanks for inviting me to church. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And uh, we were married 11 months later, and now we've been married for almost 19 years. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest, and he grew up in a broken home. He was jailed at 18, bankrupt at 21. He battled many addictions. Uh, soon after, gave his life to Christ in 2004. Now he's been married for 18 plus years, sober for 18 plus years, and now he is helping entrepreneurs get known and noticed online. His name is Eric Allen. We're going to jump into a number of things, uh, a lot around podcasting. He is an expert in podcasting and getting you noticed, uh, even even getting uh, you know high profile guests on your show. He laid out some tips that you're not going to want to miss uh, on uh, which uh, which was educational for me as well. Even after we've done so many interviews, we've not I've not heard of some of these things before. So I, I know that you're going to learn a lot if you've not thought about creating your own podcast you probably should and this is going to be a great show for you whether you're brand new to it or whether you've you know done hundreds of shows yourself i get questions all the time about podcasting uh, after doing what, over 1900 episodes i mean people want to know man whitney how did you do this why did you start a podcast should i start a podcast what's the first step and how do I get to show 20, right? And our guest today has already told me that it's much lower bar now that people are quitting at, but we're going to get into that. Uh, our guest today is an expert uh, in this topic uh, in helping people uh, be amazing podcasting. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show. Man, Whitney, thank you so much for having me on your show, man. I, I appreciate it. And it's truly an honor to be here. Yeah, honored to meet you and to have you. Eric, uh, you know, before we get into some details around podcasting, which I know many of the listeners are, they want to know, all right? Many of them are starting podcasts or trying to raise money for investors or trying to educate investors or trying to, you know, right? They're building their brand, uh, you know, and obviously that's a big thing that we've done through podcasting. And yeah. that's why people want to ask me about it more times than not, right? But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to jump back a little bit, uh, but with you specifically and ask you about your background a little bit, getting into the podcasting business. But before that, I know there's some significant things in your life that, man, I, I know are impactful and will be impactful to the listeners in a big way. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in, in eastern Washington, a place called Tri-Cities, and, you know, I thought I had the typical household. We played Little League. I went to Sunday school with my dad my mom, and, you know, then my dad would take my best friend Dave and I and throw us in dumpsters behind big stores on Saturday morning and say, go find treasure. That was a... a like, I don't know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm the only kid who went dumpster diving as a kid, but that was what we grew up on. And I thought I had that typical, you know, household, but my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old. My mom got together with a man who was very physically abusive almost immediately after that, where there would be times where I remember being outside and looking through their bedroom fight. And I would see him hitting her in the head with a cordless phone. You know, the police would show up after I'd call him and my mom would never press charges. It was like rinse and repeat all the time, rinse and repeat. And when they, they decided then after that to, to do the smart thing, they got pregnant and they decided to move us in the middle of my eighth grade year to Stevensville, Montana. It was population 1200 people up there. And they rented this house. It was on beautiful property, five acres, two ponds, right by the Bitterroot River. The problem was the house only had three bedrooms, right? So it was one for them, one for my little brother, who's a couple months uh, old at that time, and then one for my sister, who's four years younger than me. 
And they said, Eric, you got to live in the garage. So I literally had this plastic tarp down the middle of the garage that separated my bed from the truck. Now, luckily, my half of the garage had a fireplace in it that kept me semi-warm in the middle of the negative degree winters of Montana. But that was where I stayed. And there was a moment when I was about 13 years old that really changed the trajectory of my life. It was, you know, they came on Morgan one night. Wasn't it anything different than any other night? But I remember being in my bathroom, brushing my teeth, and they came on Morgan, and I just felt God in that moment go, dude, you got to turn around. You got to see what's going on. So the way the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry to the garage door where my bedroom was at. And as I peeked around the corner, I saw this man on top of my mom in the pantry way, just boom, boom. Oh, punched her in the face. And I walked up behind him and I grabbed a cast iron pan and I swung as hard as I could. And I split the, split the back of his head open. It didn't knock him out. He turned around. And he said, what then? As he did that, he was met with another swing from the pan and split his forehead open. I fell over that second time. I remember standing up over me and he was yelling and screaming. And my mom like jumped up like mama bear, hit him like six times in a row. Blood splat in the wall. This like crazy movie scene police finally show up take him to jail for the night my mom doesn't press charges rinse and repeat rinse and repeat right I, I thought it was the hero in that moment and it wasn't actually much longer after that i had three months left in my freshman year of high school they kicked me out of that house mm-hmm. so i went to live with a buddy to finish up my freshman year and then moved back to live with my dad back in tri-cities who rented a house for him and i put hunger man meals in the freezer there was cereal milk in the house Right, I was never lacking of any food. He put 20 bucks of for in a cup for me for lunch for the week. And then he'd go stay with his girlfriend. So I'd see him a couple days a month, maybe in passing. But what that allowed me to do was get into drugs pretty early on. So I was getting stoned before school, at lunch, after school. And by the time I was 18 years old, I was I was a senior in high school. Uh, but I got arrested for having a bong. And I had to go stay the night in jail. I was 145 pounds, black and white chain gang outfit on, bright orange slippers. And two weeks after I graduated high school, I woke up to a post-it note on the bathroom mirror that said, you can't comply with house rules. You have 48 hours to get out. So at that point, I was like, all right, we're getting into this adult thing really quick, quicker than I expected, right? And I ended up moving 21 times between the ages of 18 and 21, living on a couch here, couch there, couldn't keep a job for longer than a few months. I was living off credit cards. One of those moves was to Seattle, Washington, where I ended up uh, literally working in the music industry and still battling addictions. And by the time I was 21, I was $28,000 in debt and I had to file bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And, and that really just destroyed me from the internal side where I couldn't even get a savings account at a bank unless I had a cosigner. It was just this real rough time. But I was working for Universal Records, which didn't help my addictions. I was going to two to three concerts a week and I was working backstage and I had open tab. And then my one year anniversary got laid off from them during the days of Napster. If people remember Napster, that really did hurt the music industry. And I ended up working for Starbucks at night and I would get off work and go to my ghetto apartment there across the street from where Jimi Hendrix is buried. And I'd have a six pack of beer and drink myself to sleep every night. And that was the the rinse and repeat cycle that I was in. And then one night when I was at Starbucks, a girl had walked in and said, Hey, we've got a, a cool college age event down at our church. Would you be interested in going? And I was depressed. I had no friends and and she was good looking. And I was like, yeah, what time do I need to be there? And I ended up going down there and I felt like God was planting the seed in me at that moment. It was a month later, it was Easter 2004. And I went out party with some buddies and I woke up Easter morning. I don't think that was a coincidence, but I felt God saying, dude, you're going down a path that's going to end your life real quick. And so in that moment, I gave my life to Christ, quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment. And I called that girl up and I said, hey, thanks for inviting me to church. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And 
Uh, we were married 11 months later, and now we've been married for almost 19 years. Wow. Yeah, That's pretty, pretty so crazy journey. So that is so incredible. <laughs> 11 months later. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, uh, I, I, and the listeners know this uh, about me, but I, I just, I love you sharing your faith, right. Yeah. And just what the Lord had done. I think it's only, uh, only the Lord that can allow you to quit those things just totally. like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, that is, go ahead. I was just saying, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God, man. It definitely all the glory goes to him, man, for sure. My wife who's puts up with me and, you know, like gave me a lot of grace and mercy in the early days for sure. Wow. Well, that's incredible. I, I, uh, yeah, I definitely have a heart for children that are like in your spot, right? When you were younger and, and, um, uh, anyway, and the listeners know that when you and I can talk about it, but, but I just, yeah. I, I love, I love your transparency around being able to share, right. The, the hardships there. I think there's, uh, many that are listening that can relate probably and have never told anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I just appreciate your willingness in even giving Christ the the honor, right. Of, yeah. of what's happened in your life and in your, your bride. And, uh, that's, that's so amazing. Love it. Yeah, it's been a fun journey, man. You know, she, her and I together are breaking the chains of divorce, abuse, addiction, and rejection, man. And and she came from that crazy kind of home as well. And so, you know, when we said I do, we meant it. And and uh, here we are. And and we're we're doing life together. And and you know, she's she's definitely the stronghold for sure. That's fun. Well, well, you know, keep going a little bit to your your business career, or now sure. in podcasting full time. And what does that look like? How, you know, how did you? What did that path look like? And why podcasting? Yeah, really how I ended up getting out of that was I, I had to change the environment, right? So like people get stuck in the same environment where they want to get out of addiction, they want to get out of toxic relationships, but they don't change that environment. And for me, I really had to change that environment. And so I found men in the church that had great walks with Christ. They had great marriages. They were great business people. And I started taking them to Starbucks. This is pre-podcast days. And I just said, tell me what you're doing to do right now, what you're doing in your life. Like, I want to understand what you're doing exactly to have this awesome life that you have. And so it was really changing that environment. It was really a lot of time in prayer. And it was a lot of time, just my wife and I, we spent the first five years just getting to know each other before we even had kids and, you know, did Starbucks while realized it wasn't paying the, the bills that much and got back into like more of a corporate sales job and did that for a long time. And uh, we moved to Idaho in 2014 and took a massive pay cut, but this whole time God's just kind of been guiding us through and, I started podcasting in 2017. It was actually an MMA podcast when I first started. It was called Top Rated MMA, and I was interviewing MMA fighters from around the world and just started asking them, like, why do you want to get in a cage get punched in the face? That was my main question around them. And it was so much fun to just hear their insights on things. But, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have a, a good camera. I was looking into, like, the screen. I wasn't even looking into the lens. I had a bad microphone. I literally was in a walk-in closet. We ran a 100-foot extension around the bed in our bedroom into a closet where I where I had the the show for almost about 100 episodes in there. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been a fun journey. But here we are now. I'm, I've got two podcasts, right? I've stopped that one at the end of 2021, and now we have the Eric Allen Show, and we're 250 show or so episodes into this one, and it's been a fun journey, man. I love helping people launch podcasts and, and really just showing the importance of podcasts because there's yeah. so many benefits. There's great relationships. There's collaborations. There's partnerships that come out of it, right? I think it's the great greatest, most efficient way to market your brand, but I look at podcasting so much different than that. For me, it's legacy. Like I wish that I could go back three, four generations deep and hear my great-grandfather's voice and hear his story from him. I can't do that. But I can do that for future generations down my tribe. They can look back and go, man, Grandpa Eric, he was awesome. 
he shared a story. I get to hear it from him directly. And, and that's really my whole perspective on podcasting. Love that. Uh, I have, I've felt that personally. Listeners have heard me talk about it. We haven't talked about podcasting much in the last year or so maybe, but especially in the first few years of doing our podcast, it was a, uh, uh, it was a common thing that we were talking about and people asking about are on the show and wanting me to talk about. Uh, but it is, it's been so interesting to see, you know, how quickly my network grew, right. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and, in the, almost the, I, I love, uh, or I actually, I want to go back on, on this one yeah. second. You, you talked about uh, in your story, you seeking out those men, um, mm. that, uh, you know, in your church, right. You saw them, you wanted something that they had, right. And didn't know how yeah. to get it. And so you went and you talked to them, asked them, uh, I love that, that you went out and sought that. Uh, and that these men were willing to pour into you, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I have, uh, I've recently uh, tried to seek that out in more aspects of my life, right? Uh, mm -hmm. As well. And so I, I, you know, in in business, I know I need mentors, I need coaches. Like I think that way, right? And I didn't always, but but sure. there's some hard knocks, right? I figure out, okay, I need some, I need some people that are ahead of me. But I didn't always apply that spiritually, right? Or think yeah. about, okay, you know, I need somebody mentoring me spiritually uh, as well. Uh, and anyway, we got involved in a great church a number of years ago, and I seen that uh, these guys, these men didn't even know they were mentoring me, but I saw how they loved their their spouses and how they led in their homes, their children, mm. they prayed with their kids, all, all these things that I didn't receive growing up either, uh, you know. And it's like, oh, well, okay, I, I should I should be doing that, right? But I saw yeah. it, you know. And so, but on the business front, podcasting has brought a lot of that, right? I've mm. I've met now, you know, almost 2000 different people in the business uh, in one form or fashion who uh, many times are way ahead of me in business. And it, it, it builds a relationship, right? It's built a connection. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and they're reaching back out to me for something, or I'm reaching back out to them to help in some way or, or to ask a question. And I think the podcast has done that uh, in a, such a big way. And like you said, numerous benefits, but why don't you hammer on that just a minute? You know, some of the other benefits about podcasting uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, that, you know, Hey, if you're not doing a podcast, here's some reasons why, especially if you're in business or, you know, in the real estate business or whatever, why you should really consider this. Yeah. I mean, I think podcasting, like I said, it, it, number one, it's, it's a great way to market your brand and build relationships and network with people. You know, I think, I've gone on trips, I've gotten free product, like I've gotten awesome collaborations and partnerships, but it's the people that I've met through podcasting that have impacted my life. Some of my best friends today are people that have been on my show mm. or I've been on their show, but it's just been an amazing journey through podcasting of, of pushing myself. Like I still worked a full-time job up until the end of this last year. And unfortunately, you know, fell to some of the layoffs that are happening across the world, but through that full time, I knew that I wanted to be a, do a podcast. And so I get up at 4 a.m. six days a week to make sure that my podcast is being worked on every single day. It's like any craft out there, but podcasting, again, so beneficial around the business side of stuff. But it's also a mental thing for me, too, because I know that when I get up, I'm excited because this is what I love. I love talking with people and networking with people and hearing their story. And I think it's so important to share your story. And, and there's a lot of people out there that are shy and they don't want to step into that, but that's really where you see growth, right? You get out of your comfort zone. And if you can do that on your podcast, whether it's a solo show or you're interviewing people, like get out and just share your story, even if you don't release it, right? Like just keep it for your legacy, for your tribe down the line so they can hear your story. You know, why don't you speak to some of the how-tos around getting started in podcasts and maybe some crucial things that you know, uh, even around launching maybe that mm -hmm. uh, I get questions about that often. And it's probably changed. And I, and unfortunately, I didn't know any of these things when I started, Sure, you know, the podcast, you know, 
uh, that that I've learned now, but I know you're a lot better at this than I'll ever be. Uh, so, you know, speak to some crucial things around uh, a, a successful launch, some things you need to think through maybe before, you know, starting your show that are crucial, solo, you know, versus interviewing, whatnot. Yeah, mo- most of the time I would I would tell people that go through my courses is, look, find other podcasts out there that are maybe talking about a similar topic that you want to talk about. And when you're launching a podcast, launch something that you're passionate about, right? It could be quilting. It could be shoveling snow, like whatever you're passionate about, there's going to be people that are going to listen to that. And if you go to search on podcasts and you don't find one, launch it because people are needing that. And just someone hasn't launched it yet, but there's probably a likelihood that you'll find a podcast out there that's similar to the topic that maybe you want to talk about. So number one, look out there, see what other people are doing. Pick bits and pieces off that you like. Hey, I like how they did that intro. Or I like how they inserted that ad in there. Or I like that type of question, right? Go do your research, find something, but don't don't let that hold you back from actually launching. Like, I think too many people get hung up and like, oh my gosh, I just, I have so much stuff to do. I want to get this lined up. Launch it, right? And, and number two, I would say is record five to eight episodes before you launch your first episode. And I, I didn't do that, but I would say and it, the reason, because I didn't know, right. I had to go through this journey on my own. I didn't even know what about Apple podcast. I was a hundred episodes, a hundred episodes in, uh, I was just releasing to YouTube and called that a podcast. And so I was like, well, how do I listen on Apple? And I was like, what the heck is that? Right. So I, I learned through failure in this. So what I would say is record five to eight episodes before you launch your show, because if you just go release one, that puts a lot of pressure on you to release that second one and that third one right away. Build up your queue, then go to release it. And once you do release it, email it to your friends, message it to your family, right? Say, hey, check this out. Please just go listen to it. Even if it's a few minutes, I would just love the support. If you could subscribe to it, leave me a review. That would be awesome. One thing I I say is don't approach them and say, leave a five-star review. I say, leave an honest review because that's what builds in I think trust with your other listeners when they get to your page, if they just see five-star reviews and everything's gloating, then it's they, that might get turned off a little bit, right? I say just leave an honest review. So one, build your queue up, five to eight episodes. And number two, do your research, find another show out there, pick out bits and, bits and, bits and pieces that you like, and then decide what's the journey that you're going to take listeners on. Are you going to take them through a how-to type show or are you going to take them through an emotional roller coaster where you're talking with people about maybe losses and then how do they overcome that? Like figure out what that journey is, write that down. And then you can always adjust that too, but really kind of have those three things in place and then just launch and then stay consistent. That's the one thing that I think people fail at. You and I chatted before we hit record about 90% of people who start a podcast don't make it to episode seven. It's because they don't have that cue built up. They think it's more work. They think they're going to be the next Joe Rogan, right? Like they, they just need to go launch that thing and they need to put in a little bit of work, but stay consistent. My show drops every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific for the last four or five years now. And if you can do that, your listeners will start to pick up on it. Plus they'll get those reminders from Apple and YouTube that, hey, this show's about to launch, right? Um, so stay consistent. That's a big one. That's a big one. And then just don't quit. If you want to be successful in podcasting, just don't quit because everyone else will and you'll end up being successful in it. Yeah, that should motivate you if you're really motivated to go do this, right? Yeah, that, that most totally. people are going to quit at seven. I, and and I, I tell I often tell people that, uh, you know, your first show is going to be horrible. Just get over it. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. Like it's it's totally. gonna. You're not gonna like how you sound. I definitely don't like how I sound, even after however many shows, you know. Uh, but yeah, you got to get past that, uh, and yep. you're not gonna get to show twenty without getting the first one done. Yeah, uh, yeah, or the seventh one, right? I right. love that. I love those, um, you know, the three or four things to think through, even the, you know, even down to being consistent and go and even having those batched up in the very beginning. Uh, like you said, it, it could, it can be pretty overwhelming, you know, and especially in the very beginning, I, I knew I had to build a team to help me produce the show. And I think if I hadn't have done that, then I would have quit a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would have, there's it's, no way I could have kept up. There's a, it's tough, man. And, and I do everything on my own. I do all the editing and promoting and publishing all of that. Wow. And, uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but I love doing it. It's, it's really what I'm passionate about. And so I think if people can realize that they're getting into something that's going to either, if they have the money to build a team and have them do that, or they have the resources to do that, I think that's awesome, but don't let the work hold you back from sharing your story, put in a little bit of work and it will pay off in the end. I promise you just put your story out there because it will impact not, it, it, it may, even if it just impacts one person, you're good, but I think it'll impact way more than you expect. What about uh, the the level of equipment that people need? Uh, and uh, you mentioned uh, you you briefly hit this earlier, but I thought it's worth mentioning again or going in more depth because often you know people think they got to have a a fancy mic like this, and I didn't have this till probably two or three hundred shows ago. You know, so yeah. I had an eighty dollar mic from Amazon, uh, the you know which worked great, right? And I've done yeah. thousands and thousands of interviews with it. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I just, anyway, I love your opinion about type of equipment or anything specific, uh, to get a listener started or, uh, yeah, when they're getting going. It's so important. I mean, I think I, that does hang up a lot of people like, oh my gosh, I have to have the right equipment and things like that. Here, your webcam on your laptop works just fine. If you really want to launch a podcast, just do it. I mean, now you can start your show for free on anchor in five minutes. You create an account and you set it up. Uh, but when I first started, I had just a laptop webcam. And then I added a Logitech webcam and I upgraded that a couple of times. And I went to a Canon camera and then now I have this, the Sony ZVE 10. So I've upgraded quite a bit over the years and this microphone I've upgraded just like four or five mics now. Like this is, the, this is now the, the Shure SM seven B, but like, you don't have to worry about the expensive stuff to get started. You can literally just use your phone and some headphones. If you really wanted to just launch this thing, don't let that hold you back increase you know add different equipment as you go down the road but if you want to get out there just do it don't let that you know price points hold you back i used a 40 dollars snowball mic for the first year and a half that i was snow that i was doing podcasting so you know i think just get into it find something cheap on amazon you might find some used ones on facebook marketplace but just get started man awesome uh eric you know one big thing that we've always struggled with uh and and i get questions about this too you know is finding guests Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And, and, uh, I mean, finding as many as we've had to find, I mean, I know early on, I just remember this cause it was such a, a major ordeal to get 30 shows a month. We'd have to, we might have to send three to 400 invites. Okay. Yeah. You know, especially early. And we have a lot more people now that want to be on the show. Right. So it's a lot easier sure. now, but early on, I mean, that's somebody is just going nonstop, just finding enough guests almost. Right. Um, yeah. but you know, so maybe speak to how you find guests in the beginning and then when, when, and how you find even bigger name guests, uh, when you should do that and how you pursue them. Yeah. I think a lot of people take the same exact approach when it comes to inviting guests on their show. What they have is they have this template of like, Hey, here's my show. I want you to be a guest on my show. And they just send that to their DMS or their email it. I did that at the beginning. Don't do that. 
don't, don't do that. Here's what I would recommend doing is I would recommend, and I've been doing this really since probably episode 50 of the very first podcast I started is I quickly realized that that wasn't very effective. And so what I do now is I actually pull out my phone and I'll send a selfie video, no longer than 30 seconds. It has to be 30 seconds or less, but I might, if I was reaching out to Ed Milet, I might go, Ed, what's going on? It's Eric Allen out here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I love your book. Power of one more, man. It's so good. It's impacted my life. Let me help you promote that. I want to help you get sales on that thing. Let's talk about the, that book. Let's do it, man. Here's below is my calendar link. Let's make it happen. 30 seconds. And the, the way I approach it is I want to bring value to them. Let me help you promote this. Hey, I saw you launch this course. Let me help you pr promote that. Oh, you got a new book? Let's promote the book. You got an event coming up? Let's promote the event. Approach it at, like that. Let me, let me help you promote this. People love free marketing. They love free, right? Free, free exposure to their products, right? And so if I approach them and say, hey, can I pick your brain for 30 minutes or let's go have a coffee chat? No, they're going to say no. But if I say, let me help you promote this product that you have so you can make money, heck yeah, let me come on your show and do that. That's the way to approach your guests. Bring value to them. Don't, it's not about your show. What can what value can you help them show bring? And so, man, let me help you promote that book. Let me help you promote that event. Should they do that? I got a couple questions about that as well. But, yeah. but as far you know, when should they do that? Should they reach out to somebody like that within the first few shows? Should they wait till they got a hundred episodes, so many downloads, or you know, how do you when should they do that? Yeah, you can really I think you could definitely try to reach out to bigger name guests, but I would start at someone who's a couple steps ahead of you. If you've got 10 shows out or you're just starting, find someone who's got 10, 15, maybe 30, or maybe even 50 episodes out right? Approach them and say, man, I saw you're doing a great job on your podcast or, Hey, I'd love to help you promote that. Right. I would start there, but as you start to grow and you start to increase the number of downloads or increase the number of, um, episodes that you release, then you could start to reach out to those folks. I mean, I got lucky and I, I think that it's, it's luck and hard work, but like I had Sean Whalen was episode eight or six. And then Ed Milet was episode 12 on my show. Right. And then it just started taking off from there. And now I've been blessed to speak to, you know, uh, amazing people, 240 plus shows now on the Eric Allen show. But I, I started with doing show swaps. I found people who had similar podcast sizes as me. Hey, can we just sort of do a show swap? You come on my show. Let's talk about you and I'll come on your show and talk about that. That's the greatest way to, to improve or to increase your, your exposure. Right. Also, be a guest on other people's shows. That's that's another great way to blow up your show. In 2020, I set a goal to be a guest on 50 podcasts, and I only did 25. And so at the end of the year, it's like, that's all I got, 25? And so I went into 2021. I said, I'm going to be a guest on 100 podcasts this year. Now, I was also going to release 100 of my own show that year. So people thought I was crazy. But I finished that show doing 117 interviews on other people's podcasts and released 100 of my own. And that's when my show really hit that hockey stick. And that's really where I started to make a bigger impact. Some great suggestions. What about, you mentioned, I love the video, uh, the video idea, right? Sending them a video, you're calling them by name. It's obvious. Yep. It's something you're very focused on them. It's not a, something you're just sending to hundreds of people. Uh, where do you send it? How do you get that to them or in front of them? Yeah. Great question. I book 99% of my guests through Instagram DM. I just send it to their DM on Instagram. Now I might follow up that video with just a very short message. Hey, Ed podcast question for you or podcast interview request, right? Like, please check out the video. I don't go into detail in the text. I want them to draw. I want them to be curious about that video where they will listen to it and hear my, my passion 
because I'm, I'm very sincere when I send those videos. Right. And I want to make sure that when they hear my voice, they go, man, this guy, he he's real. Like he's the real deal. Like he definitely is not just trying to get me on there to say he was on my show. Like he's sincere about actually bringing value. Great advice, man. That is, that is incredible. What about, uh, uh, he's talked about, yeah, guesting on other shows. Is there, are you picking them the same way? Say they're a little bit ahead of you. Or are you trying to find, you know, is there a certain number of downloads you're looking for on certain shows? You know, how are you maximizing your impact there? Yeah, really. Uh, so there's a couple things. One, um, I would reach out. There's a lot of Facebook groups where you can find a guest or be a guest on podcasts, right? There's, there's a ton out there. And that's what really helped me to launch my show at that time to get booked on a hundred shows. I was in probably six or seven different Facebook groups and I was posting in each of those groups once a quarter. And I would say, Hey, here's what I'm doing. I have a goal to be a guest on a hundred podcasts this year. Here's my story. If you're interested, there's a good fit. Let's make it happen. And I would get 10, 15 bookings off of each of those posts every time. So that really helped me a lot. Now, when it comes to like finding other shows, I really find shows that are more topic similar versus size. And the reason I say that is, I, I want people to understand that like, don't look at the numbers when you first get started because it can be very detrimental to your mindset. I'm going to get a thousand downloads per episode and you go in there and you get 20 and you're like, dang it, it's not working. I want to quit. So I always tell my, my students to come through my course. I didn't look at numbers, uh, downloads for five years. I just didn't care. I did podcasting because I'm passionate about it and I love what I, what I get to do. And now I look occasionally, but it's like, if I'm bringing value to somebody, I don't care about the numbers. If one person downloads that show, that's all that matters to me, right? Too many people get hung up on the numbers and they end up quitting. So I think when you're reaching out to other podcasts, find a similar topic and find somebody that you follow, connect with them on Instagram, make some comments on their posts, like start to engage with them on there and then reach out. Hey man, I've been following you for a while. I love what you're doing. You're doing some awesome stuff. I'd love to see if maybe you, you know, we could do a show swap or something like that. And, and that really will help you build your brand, your network, your relationships as a podcaster. Great advice, Eric. I want the listeners to know we're going to do a series with Eric. We're going to do another show tomorrow. Eric, we're going to stop this segment here, but continue the conversation tomorrow. We're going to dive into some some metrics that you track, increasing downloads, some techniques around that. I know, and I also want to hear about uh, you know nailing down your your presentation, right, or your story, or things that you should be presenting. We're going to get into a number of those things and some others tomorrow. Eric, how can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? Thank you. Yeah. EricAllenMedia.com. It's E-R-I-K-A-L-L-E-N media.com is my website. I'm pretty active on Instagram. So it's just Eric G. Allen. And then on YouTube, it's just Eric Allen Media. So I, I post all of uh, my shows on there as well as audio format. And I do a daily shorts kind of push out there as well. So if people want to connect, I respond to every DM, every comment that comes through or contact us on, the, on my website there, but love connect with people, reach out and certainly just an honor to be on your show. With. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the real estate syndication show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 